Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. After breakfast one morning last summer, UCLA mathematician Terence Tao opened an email from three physicists he didn't know. In it, a surprise. In the email, the three physicists explained to Tao that they'd stumbled across a simple formula. If true, it established an unexpected relationship between some of the most basic and important objects in linear algebra. Tao, who's a fields medalist and one of the world's leading mathematicians, remembers seeing that email. And I looked at it and it looked too good to be true. Like something this short and simple, it should have been in textbooks already. There'd be a name attached to it, you know, so-and-so's role or whatever. So my first thought was, no, this can't be true. Tao thought about it some more. I couldn't immediately see whether it was or not. I tried a few examples, and it worked out. And then I got intrigued. It was close enough to something that I had already done. There's another identity that I knew about relating these quantities with something else, which I could use as a starting point. And then, yeah, I spent the whole morning just working it out. The physicists who sent the email were Stephen Park of Fermi National Accelerator Laboratory, Xining Zhang of the University of Chicago, and Peter Denton of Brookhaven National Laboratory. They'd arrived at the mathematical identity about two months earlier while grappling with the strange behavior of particles called neutrinos. Park says they discovered it when they were building up to a very big experiment at Fermilab. Sending a beam of neutrinos from Fermilab to South Dakota into a detector in a mine in South Dakota, which is 1,300 kilometers through the Earth. So we were trying to understand what happens to neutrinos as they pass through the Earth. They'd noticed that hard-to-compute terms called eigenvectors, describing, in this case, the ways that neutrinos propagate through matter, were equal to combinations of terms called eigenvalues, which are much easier to compute. They also realized that the relationship between eigenvectors and eigenvalues seemed to hold more generally. These ubiquitous objects in math, physics, and engineering have been studied since the 18th century. The physicists could hardly believe they'd discovered a new fact about such bedrock math. But they couldn't find the relationship in any books or papers. So Park says one of his collaborators put this identity on a math blog. And somebody on that blog pointed us to a paper that was written by Terence Tao. Now, I don't know whether you know who Terence Tao is, but to be honest with you, I didn't know who Terence Tao was (laughs) before this. And my collaborators told me, you must be crazy. Where have you been living? So they pointed to a paper of his. And so we looked at that paper. And yes, it was related, but it was not identical to. So they took a chance and contacted Tao, despite a note on his website warning against such messages. And to our surprise, he replied in under two hours, saying he'd never seen this before, and he included three proofs. A week and a half later, the physicists and Tao posted a paper online reporting the new formula. In a separate paper, Denton, Park, and Zhang used the formula to streamline the equations governing neutrinos. 
Experts say that more applications might arise since so many problems involve calculating eigenvectors and eigenvalues. And in fact, they did. Shortly after Quanta published an article on this in November of last year, the researchers became aware of more than three dozen places where the identity had appeared in the literature since 1966. They rewrote their original paper to include the history of the identity, along with all seven known proofs. As Tao describes in a blog post, they also speculate on some possible reasons why this identity only achieved a modest amount of recognition and dissemination before that Quanta article. Particle physicist John Beacom of Ohio State University says it's broadly applicable. He says who knows what kind of doors it'll open. Pure mathematicians feel similarly. Yale University mathematician Von Vu says he never suspected that you can compute eigenvectors using only information about eigenvalues. Vu and Tao proved a somewhat related identity together in 2009, but the new formula doesn't obviously follow from the older one. And although a similar formula happened to appear in a mathematics paper in May of 2019, the authors of that paper didn't make the link to eigenvectors and eigenvalues. In a way, it's not surprising that a new insight into centuries-old mathematical objects came from physicists. Nature has inspired mathematical thinking ever since humans started counting on ten fingers. Vu says for math to thrive, it has to connect with nature. He says there's no other way. Eigenvectors and eigenvalues are ubiquitous because they characterize linear transformations. These are operations that stretch, squeeze, rotate, and otherwise change all parts of an object in the same way. These transformations are represented by rectangular arrays of numbers called matrices, One matrix might rotate an object by 90 degrees. Another might flip it upside down and shrink it in half. Matrices do this by changing an object's vectors, mathematical arrows that point to each physical location in an object. A matrix's eigenvectors, own vectors in German, are those vectors that stay aligned in the same direction when the matrix is applied. For example, take the matrix that rotates things by 90 degrees around the x-axis. The eigenvectors lie along the x-axis itself, since points falling along this line don't rotate, even as everything rotates around them. A related matrix might rotate objects around the x-axis and also shrink them in half. How much a vector stretches or squeezes its eigenvectors is given by the corresponding eigenvalue, in this case, half. If an eigenvector doesn't change at all, the eigenvalue is 1. Eigenvectors and eigenvalues are independent. Normally, they have to be calculated separately, starting from the rows and columns of the matrix itself. College students learn how to do this for simple matrices, but the new formula is different from existing methods. Here's Terence Tao again. What is remarkable about this identity is at no point do you ever actually need to know any of the entries of the matrix to work out anything. It's not cheating. I mean, you do need to know something about the matrix. You need to know the eigenvalues of the matrix, and you need to know the eigenvalues of a minor, and that is, as it turns out, enough information. The identity applies to Hermitian matrices. These transform eigenvectors by real amounts instead of imaginary numbers. 
so they apply in real-world situations. The formula expresses each eigenvector of a Hermitian matrix in terms of the matrix's eigenvalues and those of the minor matrix, a smaller matrix formed by deleting a row and column of the original one. Tau says the formula makes sense in hindsight because the eigenvalues of the minor matrix encode hidden information. Once one is told about this, one can say, oh, yeah, maybe that's enough information to get the eigenvectors. But yeah, it certainly was not something that I, for instance, would have thought about. If someone asked me, you know, what extra information do you need? I would say, oh, you probably need to know quite a lot of the entries of the original matrix or something like that. Tao says it's unusual in mathematics for a tool to appear that's not already associated with a problem. But he thinks the relationship between eigenvectors and eigenvalues is bound to matter. Now it's out there. I'm hopeful that someone out there will work on a problem involving matrices where somehow the miners are something that they already understand. Right now, we just have one application, but it's so pretty that I'm sure it will have some use in the near future. That application would be neutrinos, the oddest, least understood, most reclusive of the known fundamental particles. Neutrinos pass through each of our bodies by the trillion each second, but because they barely register, many of their properties remain unknown. Intriguingly, theory suggests that differences in the behavior of neutrinos and antineutrinos could be what allows matter to dominate over antimatter in the universe. If these opposites had arisen in equal amounts in the Big Bang, they would have mutually annihilated, yielding a cosmos empty of everything except light. A distinction between neutrinos and antineutrinos could be what allowed the all-important surplus of matter to accrue. Deborah Harris is a physicist at York University and Fermilab. She works on a neutrino experiment called DUNE, or Deep Underground Neutrino Experiment. The thing that we don't understand, the reason we're doing DUNE, is we're trying to understand how neutrinos propagate through space and time, and we're trying to figure out, for example, whether or not neutrinos and antineutrinos oscillate the same way or differently, whether or not particles and antiparticles act differently, because if they act differently, then that would give us some hint as to why you know, the universe is filled with matter and not matter and antimatter in equal parts, or not just you know light because everything annihilated and there's nobody left, you know? Dune is the experiment that Stephen Park mentioned earlier. It will measure neutrinos shot from Fermilab in Illinois to an underground detector about 800 miles away in South Dakota. It makes use of the fact that neutrinos come in one of three possible flavors. Here's Park. So we have three types of neutrinos, electron, muon, and tau. And the way they evolve passing through the Earth involves a 3 by 3 emission matrix. Each neutrino flavor is a quantum mechanical mixture, and the neutrinos oscillate between flavors on the fly. As a neutrino from Fermilab travels along, its mixture changes so that a muon neutrino might morph into an electron neutrino or a tau neutrino. A supercomplicated Hermitian matrix describes these oscillations. From the eigenvectors and eigenvalues, physicists can calculate an expression for the likelihood that a muon neutrino will oscillate into an electron neutrino by the time it reaches South Dakota. They can also calculate an expression for the probability that a muon antineutrino will become an electron antineutrino. 
Both expressions contain an unknown called the CP-violating phase. It says how much the oscillatory patterns of neutrinos and antineutrinos differ. By measuring and comparing the actual oscillation rates, dune scientists can solve for that unknown. If the CP-violating phase is large enough, this will help explain why the universe is filled with matter. As if the calculations weren't hard enough already, a bizarre effect first identified by physicist Lincoln Wolfenstein in 1978 makes the neutrino matrix even more nightmarish. Neutrinos seldom interact with matter in the usual sense, but Wolfenstein realized that passing through matter rather than empty space changes the way neutrinos propagate. As an electron-neutrino zooms through matter, it will occasionally interact with an electron in an atom, effectively swapping places with it. The electron-neutrino transforms into an electron and vice versa. Such swaps introduce a new term in the matrix affecting electron neutrinos, which tremendously complicates the math. It's this Wolfenstein matter effect that pushed Park, Zhang, and Denton to look for a way to simplify the calculations. Here's Park again. This calculation has been done before, but what people have done was I felt, and my collaborators agreed, was way too complicated, and there had to be a simpler way to do it. The expressions for the eigenvalues are simpler than those of eigenvectors, so Park, Zhang, and Denton started there. Previously, they had developed a new method to closely approximate the eigenvalues. With these in hand, they noticed that the long eigenvector expressions seen in previous works were equal to combinations of those eigenvalues. Zhang says by putting the two together, you can calculate neutrino oscillations in a faster and simpler way. As for how they spotted the pattern that suggested the formula, the physicists aren't sure. Park says they simply noticed instances of the pattern and generalized. He admits he's good at solving puzzles. In fact, Park is credited with co-discovering another important pattern in 1986 that has streamlined particle physics calculations and inspired discoveries ever since. Still, the fact that the strange behavior of neutrinos could lead to new insights about matrices came as a shock. Stephen Park says people have been solving problems with linear algebra for a very, very long time. I'm expecting someday to get an email from somebody and say, if you look at this obscure paper by Cauchy in the third appendix and this footnote, it's there. Meaning 19th century French mathematician Augustine Cauchy. In fact, a similar formula did already exist, but it had gone unnoticed because it was in disguise. In September, Tao got another out-of-the-blue email, this time from Jiwan Zhang, a mathematics graduate student at the University of Melbourne in Australia. Zhang pointed to an equivalent formula in a paper he'd co-authored with his advisor, Peter Forrester, back in May of 2019, before Tao and the physicist's papers appeared. Zhang and Forrester were working in an area of pure mathematics called random matrix theory. They had applied the formula in their study of the randomized horn problem, a problem connected to one that Tao and a colleague solved in 1999. 
In an email to Quanta, Forrester explained that the formula appeared in yet another form in a 2001 paper by Yuli Barishnikov, a mathematician now at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, whose work Forrester and Zhang had built on. These mathematicians hadn't described the objects in their identity as eigenvectors, but rather as terms for calculating eigenvalues of certain minor matrices that arose in their problem. Forrester called the formula in his and Zhang's paper identical to that of Tao and the physicists. Tao called the formulas almost identical, related to each other like halves of the rabbit-duck illusion. He says some people were looking for only rabbits, while other people were looking for only ducks. Denton, in an email, deemed the pre-existing formula close to our result, but not exactly on the bullseye. He says in light of the importance of eigenvectors for many applications, they still think their result is distinct enough to be considered new. It's perhaps not so strange that there should be a sudden flurry of activity after so many centuries. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, Neutrinos Lead to Unexpected Discovery in Basic Math, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Want to hear more about unlikely finds by unlikely people in the world of math? Check out the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, by the MIT Press, available now wherever you buy books or to listen to on audible.com.